0: Good morning, Love Life. Are we ready for the Word this morning? Good, so am I. You know, um, we're in a battle, and the battle since the beginning is for your soul. Now, people like to think more in the terms of spirit, but spirits, and either or, it's either you're spiritually born again or you're not. So there's no in-between space. But the soul is the deciding factor of which way you're going to go. You're either going to go into the family of God, which is eternal life, or you're going to stay in the family that you're at, which most people don't even understand that concept because, again, uh, it's tied to uh, the devil um, Hollywood style. And that's the problem. See, they don't understand that the devil – is is not this uh, God of the underworld per se, and this is his his family group. It's actually the losing team, and he's just the lead of it. But everybody that goes there is equal in the loss. You don't have a a, a better loser. You hear what I'm saying, and what happens is is this picture of of the christian faith or you're of a child of the devil gives the wrong interpretation of scripture though you can you know make those kind of statements but that's not at all what the scripture shows as far as eternal life and the thing that's necessary is truth because truth is what brings relevancy to the to to the word of god and to our lives and if we look at it in that Hollywood picture, it's, it's like going to someone and saying, you know, it's like religion, you know. Uh, if you don't get saved, you're going to hell, you know. And you're going to spend eternity with the devil. And it's, it's the picture of it isn't what I believe God wants us to see because I believe that ultimately, if we're going to make an impact in the world and the group that isn't a part of the kingdom of God, we have to give them... A clear picture of why they're at where they're at, and get them to understand why it's necessary to come out of that, and telling them that they're Satan's spawn or they're child of the devil to a person that's been good their whole lives, they just haven't received Jesus, is not going to do anything for anybody. But that's what religion does. It goes off into wacko land and really has no relevance whatsoever in life in general. And so what we have to do is we have to make the picture clear. And it's all about nature. That's it, nature. There's a sin nature, and then there's a new nature, a sin nature, and a new nature. And that sin nature is tied to an eternity that's separate from God. And that's what we have to look at in that in, in the clarity of what God is really wanting us to understand, because ultimately you're here as a believer, follower of Jesus, for one major purpose. And that major purpose isn't just to be living a, a life of Christianity, and you go to church and raise your family. That's a, that's a portion of your life, but it's not why you're here. You're here to be salt. You're here to be light. You're here to be an influencer, an illuminator. That's why you're here right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the whole purpose of why you're here. You, if you think it's about, no, I'm here to raise up my kids. No, that's a, that's a part of what you're doing, but that's not the purpose. Your purpose is, is, your salt and light. And if you can understand that, I guarantee you, raising the family becomes so much easier. Because in salt and light, it demands renewal. It demands a change. It demands a process of not being the old way, but becoming the new life that God has created for you. So in that, what we're doing is, is we're gonna get a revelation or a picture of of that enemy or the warfare that we're battling and get us to really recognize the 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 answers to how come my life is this way and how come it's so hard and how come it's so difficult how come being a christian so rough and so how come and we get this mindset of of all this battle and the struggle in the battle and the world does too but they don't know how to define it. They don't know how to look at it in a correct manner. So theirs is more of a blame game. And that's what Christians do when they revert to getting out of what Scripture says they start blaming. Well, it's this person that person and this job and that boss and this wife and that husband. And it's blame, blame, blame. And so the world's blaming, the Christians are blaming, and everybody's looking for how come, how come, how come? And... That's not the question to be asking. We need to start asking a different question for our success. Because how come is stating that you're okay and you're perfect and there shouldn't be a reason why it's the way it is? And that's what we got to get over into our lives to understand that. Wait a minute. You know, we got, we, we got a part to play in, in the mess up. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if someone else didn't make that choice, you made the choice. We make choices, and those choices take us to the, 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 the life we are living right now, and we look at it, and we're like, going, ah, I'm not too happy with those choices. Well, that's the first step of deliverance, recognizing that I don't want to be that way, but then you've got to recognize the responsibility to change the way you make choices. Not wanting to make a choice doesn't stop you from making a choice, Ask anybody that's dealing with issues of sin, dealing with issues of weaknesses in their life. You know, it's, it's not like you wake up in the morning going, "I'm going to choose bad. I'm going to choose this. You don't want to. You don't want to, but why do you keep making that same choice? Do you see what I'm saying? See what? We, we want to pray it away. God will take it away. And ultimately, again, you're, you're saying, I'm not responsible. He needs to do everything. That is a false doctrine that many, many churches believe in. It's not about God to do it for you. Oh, God, clean my heart and fix me and change me and make me new, and I want, I want you to do this and take this away from me. That, wh- wh- where'd you get that? Give me Scripture of why you're even talking that way. And guess what? Guarantee you, if you're in here or if you're out there and you've heard people, ask them, the scriptures that back that up. I can guarantee you they're only gonna give you one or two Old Testament scriptures that base their foundation of belief. An Old Testament scripture, not New Covenant, not New Testament, not being born again, but an Old Testament scripture. And so they live their lives based upon a covenant that isn't even theirs. They're not of the law anymore. They're of the new covenant. And that new covenant has new responsibilities in it. And it's not the same way as the law. It's not the same way. We don't act the same way. We don't do the same way, begging God for deliverance. We had deliverance. It happened thousands of years ago when Jesus went to the cross. But now it's our responsibility to know this. Everybody say, know this. This is the key to our success, to know these things. Now, the enemy is something that we need to understand. And we need to understand him correctly, okay? Correctly. And if you look at the very beginning of of his first attack to Eve, it was based upon a mind game he was playing with her, manipulating her beliefs to what he believed. That's it. The second stage is death, Cain and Abel. And, and what do we have in that picture? Again, it's a choice. You heard him I'm saying? There, there's not this picture of Satan takes a knife and stabs Abel and says, good, we work as a team. Because the devil can't do that. And we give him this ability to physically harm us when he can't physically harm us at all. And so we have to understand what does truth, the Bible, teach us so that I can get up in the morning and live, the right, live this life correctly. Because if I'm blaming for things that I should be looking at in my life, but because of my religious conditioning, I'm taking no responsibility. And so I stay the same, and I'll continue to stay the same. And the sad thing about it is you're not living a free life. It's a life of bondage. So we want the freedom, right? We want freedom in our lives. So I believe God gives us the answers, and these answers are the key to us being free and recognizing what we need to do to be able to answer these questions when we're in a dilemma, to be able to come to the place where we can strengthen ourselves in a time of weakness, because that's what he wants us to do, to be able to strengthen ourselves. There's gonna be a time of weakness. There's going to be time of exhaustion. There's going to be a time when when you're lacking courage and lacking strength. This is all throughout the Bible. I mean, if I look at someone, I look at certain people in scripture and I go, these people are concrete in this area. I look at Joshua, just the name Joshua, it just conjures up this attitude of this guy is tough. This guy is strong. This guy is just a courageous person. And then what does God do? What does God say to Joshua, this Superman, this superhero that's gonna take on the enemies of Israel and bring deliverance to Israel? What what is he going to say to him? Be of good courage. Be strong. Why are you telling Joshua that? He don't need that. That's who he is. You look at his life and that's all about Joshua. The dude was tough. But what does God say? You got to be strong. You got to be courageous. What? See, this is the problem. I believe Joshua in himself saw himself as a superman. I believe he saw himself as someone that was strong and courageous. I believe that all my heart. But also, he's a person that is going into something he's never experienced before. And that's the issue. See, we live life and there are all kinds of experiences ahead of us. So it's better to listen to someone that knows how to overcome. And so what does God say to him? He says, listen. I'm gonna tell you something you need to be doing for what's up ahead of you. You're gonna have to keep my word in front of you all the time. But also understand this, it's not enough. You're gonna have to be strong and courageous. And that's what he told Joshua. You're gonna have to meditate on my word day and night. If you do this, if you keep my words in front of you, Why is this so important? Because this is all tied to your soul. This is your emotion. This is all tied to who you are as a person right here on this planet, right now. This is it. We don't know you by spirit. We know you by your emotions, your personality, your soul. That's how we know you. We dislike you or we like you based upon that, not your spirit. Your spirit, we love you. We will always love you. Now the soul says but I don't like you. Love you, but don't like you, all right? And you all understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's gonna be some people you like, some people you don't like. In other words, they just rub you the wrong way. You love them, though. You always have to add the tagline in for a Christian, right? But we love you. Y'all know that's a bunch of baloney, right? It's just a statement of, it's what we're supposed to do. But your heart says, not really, no, no. I know I'm supposed to, but no, 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 no. If they went to heaven tomorrow, I wouldn't really be upset about it. They're in heaven, they're in a better place. I'm, I'm just being real for you guys, okay? But in this, this picture that we have to look at is is first of all Jesus comes on the scene. He starts uh, explaining things that are very necessary for for our lives right now. And I love this this statement of of when he says, "This is why I came. I've come to give life and life more abundantly. I, I just flat out I've come to give you something awesome." But the devil, the enemy, the enemies come, steal, kill, and destroy. Not four words, not two words, not one word. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's his three actions. I've come to give life and life more abundantly. The enemy, steal, kill, and destroy. So what that tells me is this, is the action or operation, the ammo of the enemy has to deal with stealing, killing, or destruction. The second thing I need to understand is, is that he can't physically harm me. Okay? He can't physically harm me. So how is he going to steal, kill, or destroy? And these are the questions we have to be asking ourselves because if we're wanting to deal with the warfare, the struggles, uh, the, 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 the onslaught of the different battles that we are having, everybody say, are having, because it is a battle every single day. Sometimes it's not as, as, as there, there's not as much pressure or, or there might be not as, as much of a warfare going on, but there is a consistent battle going on. It could be that you're just having a lot of victories right now. Where, where, where you're at right now is you're like going, I'm on top of my game. And that's fine, that's fine. But, but you know, don't get caught in, in uh, a false, Mindset that this is the way it's going to continue because it isn't. The Bible says those that live godly, those that are living a life for Jesus are going to suffer persecution. You're going to have attacks. You're going to have people that are going to come against you. I mean, Proverbs makes it very clear that that when you're in a position of righteousness, there is going to be a warfare against your life. But be careful and pay attention of a life that has no warfare or no issues and everybody loves them. That's not our place to be as a follower of Jesus to where everybody likes me. That's Facebook fantasy. That's not reality. It's Not reality at all. That is a flat out lie. Because if the Bible is telling us about the negatives of people that all they have is people that are friends, no enemies, and the Bible says that's not a good thing, then why would you assume that's your responsibility to to make everyone like you? Because I can tell you when you move in that, you're not being truthful. You're doing everything and saying everything and picturing everything you can to every certain person so that they will like you. That's not life. That's not life at all. As a matter of fact, social media isn't life at all. That's something people are doing. But it's, it, listen, this isn't a, a new thing in human nature. Before social media, it was soap operas, novellas. I'm telling you right now. There was, there's always something... That is trying to take control of your interest and your focus. And it's always tied to what? Emotionalism in relationships. And everybody thrives, they strive to get that. Why do you think they talk about actors and actresses and athletes in their relationships all the time? If they're together or if they're not together, if they're divorced or not divorced. Or they're about to get divorced. Or, and, and that's like their major function to get people to see that. Well, why? Because that's the nature of people. And you can get caught up in that and lose your life in, in that trauma. And so our responsibility is not get caught up in this stuff to where we're losing our lives on something that's not even real, not real at all. We gotta wake up to reality and start looking out there in life and realize, no, there's some real life. I touch people, talk to them face to face. They need help. And it's our responsibility to do that. That's how we salt this earth, and that's how we illuminate darkness. It ain't gonna happen through the internet. You understand that? It isn't. It happens through our physical, our ability to connect with people. And that's how the process of of, of, of winning the lost and making disciples, that's the, the channel of success for the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's tied to exactly what a family unit is. You don't get married and, Determine to have a child and birth that child and then say, okay, let's let someone else raise it. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about people that circumstance or whatever and there's adoption. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the concept of, of marriage, having a child. You recognize now there's a responsibility to raise, train up that child. And there's a whole lot involved in it. There's a whole lot of life change involved in it don't get to go scuba diving anymore things like that (laughs) things change things are different but that's there's nothing wrong with that that's fine there's another life involved that you're you know for a period of time you're responsible for and so we recognize that but we don't you know okay you had the child in that wonderful look we have a baby it's a boy okay get rid of it that's all we needed to do that's not life Do you see what I'm saying? So when we're looking at life correctly, we're recognizing there's a responsibility, and it's not simple, it's not easy, but I need to have this information about the steal, kill, destroy person so that I'm not going to get in a position where I'm creating this picture to where loss, failure, destruction, All the ugly in life becomes something where I'm disregarding that there is an enemy out there because Jesus gives us the most important spiritual truth that helps us understand how we are to be successful in life and the different things that challenge that success. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at this morning. We're gonna open this up and start looking at the the parable of the sower. And in that, it's gonna bring revelation of the enemy. Again, what he does and what he can't do. Like I said last week, I made a mention of this. The devil can't, he's not coming to you. The devil was at my house last night, so I ate the second pepperoni. You know, we're blaming the devil for stupid things. And I'm telling you right now, the devil ain't around you guys. No, we're around. You just need to understand that. He's not God. So he's messing with, you know, the, whoever he's messing with in, in a way that there's greater consequences in that person's life than yours or mine. That's where the enemy's working right now. But believe me, he's not coming to your house. Now, you, use, you see the term Satan and devil, but in the, the teaching of Scripture, it's not, he's not singular placing the enemy in each person's life as they read that Scripture. The devil will and Satan will. It, it's not written that way. It's written to get us to understand that there is this bigger picture of Satan, bigger picture of devil. In other words, it's not just him. There's millions of other evil entities that are working as Satan and devil. Do you understand that? Okay. So that's something you look at and recognize. So now you're at a position of, okay, so there is a spiritual warfare. There is this enemy attack. I just say the devil, or I just say Satan. But the truth is, is it's who he is steal kill destroy steal kill destroy and so when we recognize that then we can go okay so what is it that i need to be aware of what is it that i need to understand and jesus is going to give us this instruction first of all look at mark chapter 4 verse 23 if anyone has ears to hear let him hear that, that's in the continuous tense. It means let them keep on hearing, 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 okay? If anyone has ears to hear, and that's a statement of not that you have these two paddles on your head. It's a statement of you are in a position to listen to something. You have ears to hear. You can go somewhere, be somewhere, and not listen at all, right? Everybody understand that? I mean, I know there's sometimes you get in front of a person that you really don't want to listen to, and you're not listening, but you're sitting there staring, staring right at them. Now, I'm not trying to say that's what I do if you come up and talk to me. I'm just saying. But you, know, you all understand that there are times when you're not really in the conversation, and, and that happens. I mean, you can, there can be so many different things that are causing it. But the point is, is this, is that Jesus throws out right away and says, listen, there's a position you need to be in to be able to receive what I'm about to say. So he says, do you have ears to hear? Then he said to them, take heed. That means pay close attention. I need you to lean in on this one, okay? Isn't that what you usually do when it's something you really want to hear? You want to pay close attention. It's, it's an answer to a problem. It's not You're just not nonchalant like, yeah, whatever. You lean in, you get more involved. It's like a conversation, you know, you, you, I guarantee you if I had a conversation with Tim about Martha Stewart, he'd listen. But then if I had a conversation of the cardinals, he'd lean in. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, it's just depending on the conversation. All right. So it says here, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you're listening to. That's what Jesus is saying. Is that what we do when we go through life? No. We'd listen to anything. And what does he say? Take, eat, be careful, pay attention to what you're listening to. I, I can give you just step one to having a su- successful life. Pay attention to what you're listening to. And if you could do, pay, number one, you're, you're on your way to great things for your life. But guess what? We're not even paying attention to what Jesus just now said. Because we go through life and we just live life. We're just, you know, it's, it's, it's a life that's reactionary. We're not consciously going through life with expectation. We're just reacting to stuff. And you all know when you do sit back and plan something out, it is so much better than the reaction. Reaction, you forget things. You lose things. You miss things. You, you do things that aren't what you would love to have if I would do, next time I'll do this. Anybody do, go on a vacation bedside? Next time we're gonna bring this, we're gonna bring that, we're gonna have this. Anybody ever do that? Anybody at all? You guys forgot it, 2020 made you lose what it meant to go on a vacation? <laughs> Vacation's been in our, in our house. But the thing is, is this is what happens, is, is we, we just get caught up in, all right, let's do it. And then we're like going, oh, did anybody bring this? No. We forgot it. So so we have to look at this as an importance thing. Take heed what you're listening to. With the same measure you use, and that means how you value the importance of the information, how you value the importance of the information coming in, it will be measured back to you. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And you, and to you who hear, and again, that's continuous tense. You're, you're continuing the hearing. For those that are continuing in hearing, more will be given. Now look what he's saying. Sh- he, he's sharing with us a, a very, very important insight of how do we grow? How do we learn? First of all, it's the attitude, the attitude to hear, to lean in, pay attention. And then as you do, the value that you place on it, Will determine how it will value you personally. More value, the better value for you. If you don't value something, the value is not going to benefit you at all. Just see, it's not about just hearing people. Coming to church, you heard something, you leave. That ain't gonna help you. It's the doing. So the hearing has to have an action with it to be successful. What, is, what, what creates that? Your attitude for the answer. That's it. You're like going, I need this so that I can do this. I need to hear so I can put it to use, put it to work. That value changes everything. But if we just hear without value, we then what? It says that we literally will lose that information. You ever notice how, how do you remember something or how do you like remember a person's name? There's, there's all kinds of instruction on that. But the, the number one thing is, is you repeat the name quite a few times in the first meeting. So if I meet, you know, like I go up and, 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 I'm, and I'm going to someone I, I haven't met before. So I go up and I go, hey, what's your name? And, and Omar says, my name's Omar. Okay, Omar, nice to meet you wow, Omar, that's, a, that's an interesting name. You know what that means? You know? And just, I would make sure that we would communicate about Omar. And so I'd say it three, four times in that time period. And Omar's like going, man, he really likes my name. But see, in doing that, what's going to happen is, is I'm most likely going to remember that name. Now there's other things that you can do to help you. But if you just introduce yourself one time, name one time, Next week, you ain't going to remember that person. Bob Dick John. Nope, nope, nope. So it's because that's how we operate. That's how we're, you know, bound up in, in in, in our DNA system of God and how this mind works. So when we start realizing, wait a minute, there's a way this mind works and the way our lives are led according to this, you know, this awesome creation of the mind because it is awesome. And, and I, I've been telling Pastor Lau about this, just how even in the conversation with God, which is so amazing with, remember the Tower of Babel? And this is right after the flood. So you got this one people group. Just one people group speak the same language. Everything about them is the same. Everything, nothing different. So in that, they determine, let's build a city and a tower. Let's just build the greatest tower. Remember, they're the only ones here. So I don't know who they're competing against. But they just think, we're going to build a tower to to, to heaven. And so they start building this massive city. and, And this is... Thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, just after the flood. And so what did they do? They start saying, well, we, we can create, we can make brick. And this is their statement. You know, we're going to take this. We have this material. We're going to make brick and make this massive city. And then God comes on the scene, and it's amazing what he says. The first thing he says is remarkable because he makes a statement of there's nothing impossible for them. And I'm not talking about the statement he says because they're in one mind. He's literally stating creation and their empowerment to be able to do anything, anything. Now, I love to study the mind. I mean, I just love it, and I've been doing it for years. But one thing that I just recently came to understand is is that, you know when they say we only use 10% of our brain? You ever heard that statement? It's not even a it's not even a true statement, because the brain is infinite. You don't you can't measure the brain. So there isn't you can't go well. No, there's here's ninety percent it's not being used. You can't do that. So there's no such thing as ten percent. And so when you start realizing, wait a minute, if you take the position of where they were with making a city out of a a, a clay brick, to us traveling. The, the, the space, we get, you know, to continents and hours. And you look at our lives now compared to then, you're like going, oh, my gosh. It's, there's, there's like you can't even, there's no comparison. But see, this is what God was saying. The, the human mind and the ability of you are created in my image and my likeness means is that you're created to do such great things, but those great things are hindered, and they're affected by you, me, and that's it. We are experiencing great things right now. Your phones, your, you know, whatever you, you have that you enjoy has become something from someone else that chose to believe beyond what anybody else did. And I was talking to Pastor Lau just about this the other day, how when you look at, I see in, I I read books from neuroscientists, people that are heavily into the mind and how it works. And they write papers on it, things like that. Do you know that they literally explain faith without it being Bible faith in the operation of the mind? It's the complete picture of faith and what faith is. But they're explaining it in the position of a brain and how the neurons and how everything works and how we get to a place of change demands faith, but they're not using the term faith. It demands the ability to believe something that you haven't created yet in your mind. Is that crazy? Literally laying out the picture of the spiritual law of faith in a scientific medical standpoint. It's amazing. And I'm looking at this, I'm going, faith, faith. You're you're talking about faith. This is faith. I can help you. I can show you the scriptures. because This is what they're doing. And then they go into even deeper when they do studies and things. The studies are amazing. I was telling my son about this. How they take people that play the piano, but are learning different keys. And so they take people and show them the keys they want them to learn and have them practice a couple hours a day for, I don't know, it's like a week or something. And so they give them a physical piano and play it. Then they take another group and they don't have a piano, but they play the keys in their mind. They're learning the keys with their mind without the physical touching a piano. At the end of the study, They both were equal in their abilities. One had a piano, one didn't have a piano. What does that say? So you got to recognize that your belief and your ability to believe without something there has no consequences if you believe. If you believe, you are literally mapping the information. There's no piano. You're just doing this and continuing to do this and you're doing this and you're seeing it and you're, hear- and you're doing this completely without the physical thing touching. And you're doing exactly what the person that has to have it, piano in front of them. They're exactly the same. That is amazing. That is faith. That is faith. So we have these amazing minds that are writing down this stuff. These aren't Christians. These aren't people that, you know, they have a Bible degree and they have, you know, they go to this church. These are just scientists. Smart, smart people writing down their findings and information. And I'm like going... Is this awesome. Everything always has to catch up to the Bible. And they want to say the Bible's irrelevant. No, it ain't. It's real. It's life. But again, we have to pay attention to what's in here. If you want to have success in your life, you want change, pay attention to this stuff. This stuff's in here for us. That's why we have it. It's so wonderful that this belongs to me. It belongs to you. But it doesn't belong for us to just put it on a shelf. It belongs for us to get it in our heart because it is alive. And that's what we have to understand. It is alive. Amen. So he says, whoever has, you act on that knowledge, that information, more will be given. Isn't that interesting? I love this because it is a picture of a spiritual law of Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest, God said, and He told Noah this, this will not pass away. It will be consistent. Sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. So in the seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, we look at all the truths of God's word and it's gonna work the same way. When you receive instruction and put it to use, it's a it's a sowing principle. The information, now you're sowing it. It then says, multiplication comes. So if you're thinking, how do I get smarter? Act on what you do know. More will be given. Act on what you do know. More will be given. We want the end of the line answer. And if you want success, it's take the step answer. Take the step and you'll end up at the end of the line. But quit looking for the end of the line. It does it life isn't even, we're, we're not even created that way at all. Look at life in general. Look at a child. Look at the process they have to go through to even start walking, to start running. It doesn't happen overnight. That is life. That is a life, okay? So these are keys we have to listen, uh, we have to pay attention to. Listen to verse 25 in the New Living. It just sounded so cool. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is not God going up there and he's going, "Ooh, taking that from you. Oh, you bad one. Taking that from you. That, that whole statement is this. If information is not used, it's lost. You'll lose it. I need to understand something. It doesn't mean that you won't remember that information, but that information won't benefit you. Because you you can go and say, oh, I'm having a problem issue with this. I'm having an issue with with my marriage. I'm having an issue with raising my kids. And you go to a class and you listen to the information. Okay, that's different. I need that. I need this. I need that. And you hear, but you don't do anything. What's going to happen? Nothing. Everything's the same. Exactly the same now I guarantee you that you're going to lose that what? What are you losing? You're going to lose exactly what it said that you gain when you put it to work. You're going to lose the ability to what does knowledge produce? More. Increase. Are you guys hearing this? More. Increase. So what is, what should I be doing? I should be looking at my life as the information in the hand is not, that's not the end all. There's going to be more. I'm going to get more. I want more. And the reason why I want more is because I'm putting what I do know to use, which is always going to be beneficial. I'm I'm at point A. What I need is point B. That's all I need. I'll get to point Z. But if I don't put it to use, I don't move. So I lose out. So you come here a month from now and I'm still standing here. And you go, why are you still standing here? Well, you know, I heard it taught that if I take a step, I'll move forward. And you're like going, uh, yeah, right. Well, see, just because I knew that doesn't mean I'm gonna do it until I do it. Yeah, I heard that I should be better and I should do this and I know and I know and I know and I know and I know. You know, I know, I know then why aren't you doing it? That's a problem. You got to put it to use. Amen? Verse 26, and Jesus said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Okay, so everything about this is tied to a, the, the parable, which Jesus said is the most important parable to understand. Without an understanding of this parable, you're not gonna, there's no purpose or no grasping of any other parables or spiritual information in scripture. You must understand this one. This is why it's so important for us to know. Not to hear, I'm hearing you, but to hear with action. Because you're gonna see yourself in these grounds That Jesus is going to teach. The problem with religion or the problem with a religious instruction is, is that everything tied to a teaching is lumped up into one. So in other words, you hear something negative, you're a negative person. This is so contrary to human nature. Human nature is, is I've got a problem. This is a problem. I'm good over here. I'm not good right there. That's human. That's, that's being a, a, a person, and you're living a normal life of recognizing, I don't have this. I don't get this. And no one goes to you, well, if you don't get this, you're just all stupid. You're dumb. You're no good. That doesn't, that, that don't jive, right? All right. So what we have to do is we look at it, and we go, okay. Reality is, is I could be missing it. I can be messed up. I can lack knowledge. But that doesn't define me completely. It doesn't define me completely. So when I look at that in the natural, everybody goes, yeah, that's right. It makes sense. But see, in in the Christianese faith, in the religious faith, when you hear something negative or hear something that, you know, that word stepped on your toe a little bit, all of a sudden you leave here like you're going to hell. I'm terrible, I'm no good, I'm I'd never good. And you've tied it into one lump sum. Listen, I get it because a lot of preachers preach that way. Now, I, you know, I've been there, done that. It's a lack of understanding of how to communicate for the sake of success. It's more of the communication for the sake of change or manipulation trying to get them to do something different. It doesn't work. It doesn't even work with families. You have to teach. You have to train correctly. That's the only way you're going to have success in your kids' lives. So we can't manipulate or motivate through fear or destruction or, you know, complete failure. It has to be recognized that this issue needs work. You're good here. You're not good right here. This has to be fixed. And that's how you get success. So when we hear this, we have to recognize our responsibility is to hear it and go, yeah, that's me, but I can guarantee you we can talk and I, I'm gonna show you, you probably got some good, good ground over here, there's some good ground there. So let's just don't dig up the whole field and trash it, it's just this area it needs fixed. Or it could be half the field, who cares? All right, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is we have to recognize the responsibility to see it. Anybody in here, can you raise your hand and say, I'm perfect? No one can. No one on this earth can. So we have to look at this and recognize, listen, in that I have to realize that there's going to be areas that I need to grow, areas I need to mature in. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you have gone through issues, you've gone through different things in your life that cause great turmoil and then you've, you, it's turned into something different because now you define yourself because of that area that you were living in. You've literally defined yourself because you didn't have an answer or a way out. So you, so you walk this path for a length of time to where now you define yourself based upon this time that you're not happy with, you're, you're not pleased with, or you're in a position of maybe it's embarrassment, whatever. But see, that's, this, this is what's wrong. Yeah, this is an area that's wrong, but that doesn't define you as a person in total. And, but this is what we do. Personally, we do this. And that's what causes people to stay in, in, in a mode of failure because we, we trip up or screw up or whatever. And we, we as, a, as a group in whole, we love to tell other people their screw up or their lack of change. We do. It's a listen, that's not being led by the spirit. That's not even scriptural action. That's the flesh, and we all can operate in it. Amen. Yes. And when we're not happy, we want to remind people why they are the way they are. So we want to explain to them why they are messed up, why they are not changing. And we want to amplify that because that's human nature. That's not the God nature, that's human nature. And so what we have to do? We have to fight for the right to do right, amen? Fight for the right to do right. So Jesus goes with this parable. to, to Now, a parable is, is just something simple. He's taking a natural, natural action. He throws it down to a spiritual truth so you can go, okay, this is what I understand. Now I can understand this. That's a parable, okay? And that's what a parable does. It gives something where you go, all right, you just talked about, you know, birds and trees. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then he goes, okay, a farmer sows seed on the ground. And we're going, oh, okay, got it, got it. So that's what a parable is supposed to do. Amen? Okay, so Mark chapter 4, verse 3 says this. Listen, behold. Now, the word behold, you know, we don't use that word. You know, hey, behold, they just threw a touchdown pass. Behold. Behold, there's a Wendy's being built. Behold. <laughs> we don't do that, right? And I don't even want to bring it back either. It's, it's like a word that's just not a cool word. But in what Jesus is literally saying is, first and foremost, it, when you understand the Greek language, that's imperative tense. So imperative tense means is that when we're reading the Bible, if you don't know that, And you aren't going to know it because there's no exclamation mark after it. And the reason why it's so important to be taught this is because there are certain times when Jesus is raising his voice. And I know you think that Jesus would monotone and he would not say anything mean because he certainly wanted to offend you hurt your little feelings or make you feel bad at all because he cares about you, loves you dearly. So he wants you to be the best that you can be. And if you do screw up, well, oh, well, it happens to the best of us. And that's what we think Jesus talks. And that is furthest from the truth. Right? So I need to hear him speak. So he goes to them, he says, Listen. Behold. Oh, man, I wish he didn't use that word. All right. Listen, listen to me. That's what he did. Listen, listen to me. Listen, listen to me. He didn't say, Listen, behold, the so That's not what he did. And I need you to recognize it because now we're hearing conversation that makes us go, oh, whoa, Jesus just raised his voice. He's serious about this, right? Yeah. Now, what are you doing? You're like going, okay. Because y'all know if he came in here, we'd be doing whatever you want. I, you know, okay, what's he want us to do? We wouldn't just be going, ah, Jesus, whatever. Y'all know what you'd be doing say, I want you all over there. Right? Because we have ears to hear. Listen, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed, as he was sowing, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And then he said, Jesus said this, let them hear. He that has ears to hear, let them hear. And everybody's listening to them. They're like going, what? What did you just say? What in the world are you talking about? So (laughs) if you look at this instruction, you're going to see five truths on seed. The first is God gives seed. God gives seed. Okay, the sower sows. The second is the devil steals seed. The devil steals seed. The third is sower that sows seed. Fourth thing is, seed never changes. God gives seed, devil steals seed, sow or sows seed, seed never changes, because it's the word of God. Now, the fifth thing is, ground receives seed. What you need to know about these five different truths on seeds is, the first four are unchangeable. Only the fifth one changes. So the first four... God gives seed, devil steals seed, sower sow seed, seed never changes, is unchangeable. It will always stay the same. The ground, though, changes. And that's the ground that receives seed. So when you understand that, then you can go into the next stage of the instruction of this teaching. Because what you have to understand is God gives seed. I mean, it seems scripture, God gives seed to the sower. God gives seed. He's going to give seed. The devil, his ammo is a steel seed. Okay, so we're, we're looking at what I started in the very beginning of, there's a battle for your soul. Your soul is connected to the information tied to your heart. Not information the head, information of heart. So it is seed that's been planted in your heart. The planted seed in your heart is what produces we want to look at 30, 60, 100 as success, success, success. No, it can be 30, 60, 100 of poison ivy. So, in you're looking at the ground, then you're realizing, okay, ground relating to my heart, right? Ground is relating to my heart, then that means the changing of the ground is entirely up to me, because it has to do with me. It has to do with my will, my choice. So, ground change is based entirely up to me. That's why I was saying in the, in the very beginning, I was saying, listen, you have to understand something. You might be not sowing or, or not producing a crop in an area in your life, but that doesn't define you. Because listen, there's gonna be some good areas in your life. Even if it's very few and far between, there's gonna be something. You cannot, the only way you can determine there's nothing is if your name is devil, Right? I mean, really, you're the devil. The point is is this you have good somewhere. And it could be, you know, hidden deep, but there it is there. Again, the reason why I'm saying that is is because there's always hope. There's always hope. Unless you're the devil. (laughs) I'm telling you, right? There is no hope. None. Nada. Gone. He's he's done for. He doesn't have an opportunity to repent. He's over with. But with us, we all have the opportunity, okay? So here it starts off with understanding of this information. Then he says this, let me help you. Let me give you understanding of what I just taught, all right? So in this instruction, Jesus has given us insight of Seed being sown, which he will relate to, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now, what does that mean? That he's thrown out Bibles? Thrown out pamphlets? No, he, he, the information from God's word. Information from God's word is seed. Now, you are ground, you're dirt. That's what, that's, that's what you do. When you come, you receive instruction. So now that seed is going to enter into the mind, and that mind is going, uh, this is what happens. I'm trying to help you understand this. It doesn't stay here. It does, it's going to get planted, but the planning is what happens with the information. I don't want you to think that information comes and stays here in the picture of here, what I need you to understand is that seed is going to get, it, it ha, something happens to where the seed plant gets planted, but it's how the seed lands on the ground that determines what you do with the information. Because what we're going to see is, is the first ground is, is, is very important to recognize because the Bible says that when that seed lands and lands on a hard heart or a solid ground, the enemy comes immediately and steals the seed. The enemy comes immediately. So, what happens is the information enters in, drops, and whatever that information is, because see, it could be anything in, in, a, in a time of a message or a story. Some of you are like soaking it in. Some people are like going, God, ah, what time's lunch? When are we, what are we gonna have? And, it's, and listen, what it happens is it's landing on hard ground, and it gets taken away. So what does that mean? It means that it, that information is it's gone. You can't act upon that because it's immediately stolen. It happens with two types of people. One is, is you've allowed opinions, people, to trample your heart into hard ground in that area. In that area. That trampling affects you. So the opinions that you listen to, I don't know why, they tell you to give and you're giving and you're tithing and they're trampling and trampling. And then the word goes forth that you give and it should given and you, press down, it should get. And the word's saying, listen, when you give, there's an operation, a spiritual operation happens that brings increase in that area for you. But see, the other opinions trampled. That seed, opinion of people, hard heart. heart Lands straight on the ground and the enemy comes in and takes it. All right, that's one. The second thing is lack of knowledge, understanding. That's how we all of us operate. We hear instruction, we hear it. Out of our obedience, we follow but we don't have full understanding. Everything I've done in this, this faith is tied to what I'm talking to you about when it comes to knowledge which is tied to 100% our human lives here on planet Earth. We all receive information without complete knowledge. And then information is built upon to a place of greater knowledge, which means greater understanding. That is human nature, and I don't care what country you go to or what people you talk to, that's exactly how we learn as human beings, period. You don't skip that, that's exactly how we operate everybody agree? Okay. So what happens in faith, Christian faith, Christian lives, churches? We totally violate that understanding completely. And now we think we have to, I have to know, I have to understand. I don't get it. And so we walk out and we don't get anything. Why? Because we've created a fake picture of learning and obedience is required for knowledge because you're not going to get it all It's not; it just doesn't happen that way so I had to get to a place of faith give money, give this or give time or, or, or go do this or go do that it wasn't an understanding I just had to start doing things by well that's what they're saying I need to do That's why I see it in the Bible, so I'm going to just do it. I'm going to be that way. And by doing that, my eyes or my spiritual perception opens up greater for what? Just like we just read, more knowledge, more information comes in. So I start growing in knowledge. By what? By acting on the ABCs of one plus one equals two. By doing that, it opens up the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. So now all of a sudden, I've now opened myself up to receive more so I'm able to take another step forward. That is how we learn. That's how we grow. Everybody understand that. Okay, so the lack of understanding doesn't mean you're bad. I, it's, like, it's like an iPhone, you know. I have the newest iPhone, and I'm told it can do all kinds of stuff. But I can tell you what I use it for, and what I'll, I won't use it for anything but this press casa, press my son, press my wife, just and talk or text when I get to my phone, which believe me, for those that want to know, how come he didn't text me? How come he's taking so long? I'm not married to my phone. I'm telling you right now. So don't get offended ever. If I text you, it's because you were lucky and I had my phone in my hand. If you get a reply back, don't think all of a sudden, uh, well, Pastor answered me right away. You're lucky, because I'm going to tell you right now. Sometimes I'll go through the whole day without ever, ever getting near that phone. And and you know what I don't do? Run to it and go, who to miss? I should, but I don't. Why? Because it. I live life that way. I don't need that controlling me or whatever the point is is i'll reply i will reply but again i'm just trying to help you understand that me and my phone you know and i understand some of you that's that you know your job's in your phone most of you it ain't (laughs) most of you it ain't but some of you and the thing is is it doesn't have that as that pull or demand like it does a lot of you. Why? Because it's just not going to give an inanimate object control over my life. It's just the way I look at it. If it's an emergency, it'll be an emergency. I'll find out, believe me. Somehow I'll find out. But the point is, is what I'm trying to say is, is even though I don't understand it, I have a teenage son. Fix it. Help me. And he says, okay, Boomer. Anyway. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> the, point, the point is, I thought it was cute. The point is, is he has greater understanding, or they both have greater understanding, in the area that can expound what my iPhone can do. It could probably even cook for me. I didn't even know that. But the point is, is they have that information ability. But guess what? Just because I don't have understanding... Doesn't mean I'm not gonna use it. I use what I need to know about it. Just because I don't get the whole understanding, doesn't mean oh, I don't get it, I don't understand it, I'm throwing it away. Believe me, that's a picture of some Christians. That's not life. Let's live life right, okay? And y'all know part two is coming, so we need to just get this situated where we're realizing you know what? Let's don't make this difficult. Let's don't make life difficult. Let's, let's don't build up the enemy as this, this super villain that we, can, we just have no ability to overcome. You know, it's just, it's gonna only be by luck. The point is, is this, is that when we recognize responsibility of the truth, it will help us. It will take us to another level in life. And that's what we all want. We want better and we want to experience better. Well, it takes responsibility, received instruction and start operating on whatever it is that some of you, whoever you got today, that's what you start operating on. And then according to what scripture says, more will be given. How wonderful is that? So let's look at life a little differently and, and have that expectation that we can have better. It's the enemy that doesn't want us to have better and we're not going to listen to him. Believe me, we're going to get into some really deep stuff next week, but Today, we're done. Amen? Father, we thank you for the word of God, and we thank you for the truth. But we also recognize that there are so many things out there, so many, so many questions that we do need answered. And, and I believe with all my heart that they will be answered. But in the time being, the key to understanding life in general is just the position of faith. Can we believe in God? Can we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he can take us down this pathway of knowledge and understanding of his word. And I believe it's 100% his will. He wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to have increase in this knowledge so that we will produce. And production can never be just for me personally. It is the ability to help others. So Father, we thank you that as we move forward that your word brings revelation of life, understanding, and that we have this 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 recognition of this new life in a correct way. And Jesus, I thank you that your heart is for all to enter into this wonderful faith. And that's why you went to the cross for us. And if you're in here this morning and you've never received Jesus, or if you're out there and you've never received Jesus, I'd like to give you an opportunity because ultimately this is... For you to be able to open up your eyes to this new life, this new, new perception of life that can give you hope in a time of hopelessness. It can give you strength in a time of weakness, health in a time of sickness. This is your, your life that God wants you to have. But you got to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. So say this with me: say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I believe in you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and coming into my life. I am a child of yours right now. If you prayed that prayer the first time, just lift your hand. We have something special for you out there. If you prayed the prayer, Click that button and let us know, and we will continue to pray for you out there. But if you prayed in here, we have a special booklet for you. Other than that, we love you and have great expectations for your life. Let's win in this life. Amen. See you guys.